0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs. Um, If you listened to the first episode, thank you very much for coming back. Um, If this is your first episode, uh, just a brief explanation on what happens here. Uh, We look at one movie each episode. uh, Before uh, we get into what the uh, movie is and a little more about the show, I want to introduce my co-host, Mr. Andrew Garfield.
1: I, that's me. I'm Spider Man. I, I, I am an incredibly attractive Spider Man who will uh, really, really support Pride Month. Uh, that's what I am. Super, too attractive to be Spider Man. Let's just be really honest, Andrew Garfield. Too attractive to be Spider Man. shouldn't. Don't hide. Don't hide. Don't hide behind the mask,
2: honey. An-
1: Andrew Farmer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I got. I, got I, I listen. I have opinions about Andrew Garfield. All right, that's,
0: that's all I got to say. So, with this show, what we do is we we talk about a movie first. The first half of the show, we talk about you know things that we know about the movie, what we've heard about the movie, and then we take a little bit of a pause, and then we watch the movie, and then we come back with our opinions on what it yes. is that we just saw. Um, if you haven't listened to the. um Liquid Sky episode. I definitely highly recommend going back so you can hear Stop Andy the just words. freak out on this Stop movie. Stop saying
1: the words. I don't want to hear the words anymore. <laughs> I don't want to hear your dirty trash words anymore. <laughs> delicious, delicious. Listen, it follow, it, the movie it has become my Moby Dick. It follows me. It tasks me. <laughs> I can't. I, I feel like uh, Patrick Stewart. Um, I can't deal with this situation anymore. I don't. I, I feel like, speaking of, in, 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 in a small level of reference to the movie we're going to watch tonight, very small, I feel like I'm living in uh, the, the film In the Mouth of Madness. Um, <laughs> like, you, you've somehow, like, this has cracked open some sort of, like, like it was a ritual. Like, this is the whole reason that we watched this movie was some sort of strange, <laughs> arcane ritual that is going to now uh, uh, allow me never, ever. To be normal again. Like, um, if you haven't seen the movie, go back and listen to the first one. Watch the movie. It's available on YouTube. But I was last night just outside. Just outside. Enjoying it. It's summer. was just it's dusk. And it was outside. And um, I shit you not, um, it wasn't quite the size of the one that they managed to wrangle. I don't know if they had a wrangler um, of an, of an aphid. Uh, A fucking ape it. Um, it wasn't the same size as the one in Liquid Sky, but one landed, uh, right on my face, and I just left it. I left it there (laughs) for, like, 30 seconds. Ah! And I did that, I did that, I think, because I'm, uh, now a, a weird, uh, electric flash hobo trash person that you made me, Roy, so thank you, I appreciate that. (laughs) Did... did...
0: Did it ask if you wanted shrimp?
1: Um, it didn't talk yet. Uh, still, That'll we'll get just, into naked lunch territory if that yeah, happens. Yeah. No, and then, and then a, uh, and then a weird, uh, and then a weird uh, German scientist came out of my apartment and asked if I wanted uh, shrimp. It's uh, <laughs> the most important thing you could think of at the at that point. You know, there's an alien craft that's uh, taking love juice and making it into heroin. But, uh, and, uh, and there's a dance, there's a Beyonce folding fitted sheet dance happening over there on the top of that room. But, how's about Ash Ramp? You like Ash Ramp? Uh, so
0: basically, I uh, the, the main the main point of this show is just to see what it'll take to break Mr. <laughs> Mr. Farmer. One had done. You broke me. Oh, God, the yeah. The, the first movie else. was one had done. So I'm going a little bit easier this episode on him. Um, we're jumping from sci-fi what the fuck to horror what the fuck. Um, it is, um, it's not actually based on a story by H.P. Lovecraft, but the movie that we're looking at is inspired by the world of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, the name of the film is The Kindred. Yeah. Uh, the Kindred was released in 1987. Uh, it was uh, an independent movie that bombed gloriously in the box office. I, yeah, it did.
1: I was looking at the tape. It was bad. It,
0: it was really bad. It really bombed. It, it, it did develop a following on home video because it was just one, another one of those titles where you see the, the cover of the VHS sitting on the screen and you're like, okay, there's this freak thing inside a baby bottle. Um, What's this movie about? (laughs) Classic. Uh, And and then you look on the back and you see it stars um, Academy Award winner Kim Hunter. Kim, yes. Academy Award winner Rod Steiger. Rod
1: goddamn Steiger is in this thing.
0: (laughs) And and then you have Amanda, I was on The Flash in the
1: 90s, Pays. Listen. (laughs) Listen. Let's all... Easy. Take a step back from Amanda. Everybody, Amanda Pays is a national treasure, and the only reason that she hasn't won an Oscar is because the Oscars don't deserve her. Um,
0: well, and plus, also, she's Mrs. Corbin Burnson.
1: I got, I got, I got one. I got two words for you, Max Hedrum. That's when I fell in love with her. <laughs> That's when it that's when it happened for me. Yes, also the flash. Also the original uh flash um with uh, John Wesley ship, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Listen, I have a giant crush on Amanda Pace. So I how many times giant... do you
0: So how many times do you watch the Smooth Operator video by Shot?
2: Don't and... talk to me about Sonny.
1: Don't talk to me about that. <laughs> Don't got me got me through uh got me through many, uh, a lonely night, I'm just saying. And also uh also, I forgot until I was looking at this. Now she's had a. Here is the thing, like, like this movie not only has Amanda Pays, who B movie supreme, like royalty, B movie oh, yeah. royalty, but it also has, um, it also has uh, uh, Talia Balsam in it. Mm-hmm. It has, um, it has David Allen Brooks in it. Yep, which those they are two. Of the most prolific television actors you will ever find.
0: And Talia Balsam is also um, related to Martin Balsam and, and a Van Patten, Joyce Van Patten.
1: And married to John Goddamn Slattery, yes. for God's
0: sakes. But it was formerly married to George Clooney. And she
1: she's got a pedigree, this one.
0: You pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she's a Van Patten, so you know the the Van Patten's of oh, acting.
1: <laughs> I wonder if she ever has dinner in a restaurant and then, uh, her son looks at her and goes, you got any drugs? <laughs> 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 uh, I can't wait to watch this movie.
0: <laughs> so the kindred, um, like I said, it came out in 1987 and it definitely, uh, borrows a lot from the world of H.P. Lovecraft um I I I will just give a very very brief synopsis of what the film's about before uh Mr. Farmer and I sit down to watch it and then come back with our our thoughts. I I haven't seen this movie in years. I remember seeing it as a kid. It just fucking with my mind as a kid. <laughs> this was really this was this was my in, I didn't know who H.P. Lovecraft was until I got older, but this technically is my introduction to the That's style of horror
1: of Lovecraft. Yeah. That's
0: amazing. And yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's it's cheesy but it is creepy at the same time. I remember it like I said just scaring the living hell out of me. Um, it's about David Allen Brooks' character. He's at his mom's deathbed. And she's um is a, apparently apparently Kim Hunter is a genetic scientist. Well, um, believable. Yeah, I'm, I'm she saying. goes from a streetcar named Desire to genetic <laughs> science. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wonder if any of her, cre- her creations screamed Stella at her. I would just love it.
1: It's <laughs> a good joke.
0: Um, so she tells her son that she wants him to destroy her scientific experiments and the notes and everything because there's this other evil doctor who's after it, who's played by Rod Steiger. And <laughs> so of, co- of course it's played by Rod Steiger.
1: How, how uh, could you read? listen, Listen, a, a listening audience uh, people of Podcast Land, this is a synopsis for a movie you're going to watch. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I keep, keep going, Roy. I just, I just wanted to make that clear.
0: So him and a group of his friends go over to his mom's house, um, who is also joined by Amanda's pay's character, who apparently is a fangirl of Kim Hunter's character. So apparently, um, Kim Hunter's character is such a huge genetic scientist that she's got fangirls.
1: Well, sure. (laughs) Read all the papers. Read all (laughs) of the the genetic science papers.
0: Uh, So they go over to her house to see what it is, and wacky hilarity ensues in in, in the form of tentacled horror, body torture horror that um, is... Basically, like I said, very Lovecraftian. And I, in, for the limited budget that the movie had, there is some pretty spectacular uh, practical effects I remember being done in this movie um, when it comes to the monster. Then again, you know, I, like I said, I was young when I saw this. Who knows what it's going to look like now through the eyes of a man in his right. 40s. Um, the film um, had a very, very limited release here in the United States... Uh, It was huge in Australia because of Amanda Pays. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah it was. uh, But like I said, it didn't really pick up any notoriety until it came out on VHS. Now, this movie never made the leap from VHS to DVD and Blu-ray. Apparently Synapse is working on a restoration of this movie and plans on releasing it on DVD and Blu-ray but uh, i mean they, they eventually when they get it done they'll release it but yeah uh, until this time it's not made the jump so we found a copy of it on youtube that's been ripped from the vhs so i'm hoping there's like static lines and everything while watching this
1: well and reading about the the kind of i guess journey to blu-ray they 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 they, they were saying it wasn't the it wasn't the hard work that they they were putting into restoring it. It was getting it out of licensing hell yeah. for ten years that yeah. took so long to to get it there. But they're saying by the end of twenty eighteen, they're probably going to be releasing it um, on Blu Ray with some sort of restoration. You, who knows whether it'll be? Who UK knows how good not. the
0: restoration will be? Yeah,
1: but they're saying at least it'll be released. Um, yeah. No, and thematically. It's very, very in line with Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deathbed confessional, the um, the idea that uh, a, a family member has created something awful and has tasked you with the Pandora's box of not getting involved, destroying it, and not following in those footsteps, even though that temptation is there. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, metamorphosis um, aspect of things like this is this is dead on. Um, this is dead on Lovecraft, and I did want to mention before we um, before we part, and are we going to go ahead and play the trailer like we did? Is that going to...
0: Well, the trailer is filled with nothing but explosion sounds and screams, so I
1: don't want to do uh, that to the listeners. <laughs> all right, but I also learned through listening to the trailer that I don't think dubstep would have existed without this movie, because <laughs> the, the noises that the monster makes sounds like the drop. It's just like, and I'm like, that is dubstep. That's what that is. Um, But but this is a follow-up. The directors are a team of directors, and this is a follow-up film to their seminal original work, which is The Dorm That Dripped Blood. Yes. So this is a follow-up to The Dorm. It's not a a sequel, but this is their follow-up work together from The Dorm That Dripped Blood. As a writing-directing combo. Just wanted to make sure that got out there. (laughs) Um, The film
0: also was pretty much, I remember, just torn apart by the critics also. Um, Apparently, though, the legacy of this movie is so minimal that there's really nothing on Rotten Tomatoes about this movie and there's no like behind the scenes notes about it on internet movie database or Wikipedia. So it's almost like it's just a fart on the internet.
1: And (laughs) it was forgotten. They're like, let's it's better left that nobody knows what happened here. We're just gonna
0: (laughs) So it's like trying to go back and you know, trying to find stuff about the making of this movie and I can't find anything and I, I mean there was one thing that I did find and it was on the website Bloody Disgusting where they called it uh, th- they called it a film that fell through the cracks and I'm like yeah no fucking kidding right? Um, I the, the movie was released on Vestron home video which I'm, I'm surprised that it's Synapse that's releasing this movie on home video because currently Lionsgate is releasing a lot of the old Vestron video stuff on Blu-ray themselves as part oh, okay. of the Vestron collection. So I'm surprised they're not doing this one. But um, one of the things that uh, needs to be noted about this movie before we go to uh, watch it is is that the practical effects that were done in this movie were uh, done by the lead makeup artist by the name of Matthew Mungle, Who went on to do the makeup and practical effects for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors.
1: What?
0: Yeah. So, basically, this movie was kind of like an audition for him. uh, For it. Also, his name is Matthew Mungle. Yeah, Matthew Mungle is his name, yes. That's
1: fantastic. you're, You're... you pretty much got one choice of what you're gonna do with your life if your name's Matthew Mungle. You're not gonna be Mungle Mungle and 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 uh, Sinkebitz S- S- uh, Law Firm. You're gonna you're gonna do special <laughs> effects for movies. You're,
0: you're either going to do special effects or IT with a name like Matthew
1: that, Mungle. That's true. That's you're you're gonna tune grand pianos or you're going to make special effects for movies. <laughs>
0: um so yeah I mean uh, again i I can't wait to see what this movie looks like today through the eyes of a forty plus year old man I can't wait to hear Andy's
1: reaction
0: uh, to this yeah, thing i can't
1: I can't wait it, I'm gonna have to watch it like three times <laughs> listen listen i'm only I'm, I'm only watching it three times i I'm gonna need to really take it in it has nothing to do with the band
2: so <laughs> sure <laughs>
1: Just saying, all right? I really need to study this movie. Shut up. <laughs> what? <laughs> but
0: I, I will say that the trailer um, for the movie, it, 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 it does kind of. When, when, I, when I watch the trailer, I will say that, and you'll realize it when you watch it, Andy, that uh, the trailer does give some spoilers to the movie. And I was like, wow, so this is a trend that's been going on for a long time. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: So, I mean, and and like I said, I forgot how many, like, Michael Bay-level explosions are in this film,
1: too. You know what the trailer reminded me of? What's that? And this has been top of mind for both of us, I think, in the last couple weeks. But it really reminded me of the first, more so the first than the second, but the first Swamp Thing movie. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the over the top crazy ass explosions for no apparent reason. Yeah, Like the kind of muslin, you know, film screaming <laughs> weird, you know, like, like, I'm like, oh, I uh, know. Yeah, okay. Okay. Which by the way, all that stuff was inspired by Lovecraft anyway. Alan Moore's a huge, you know, weird Lovecraft freak. Oh yeah. So it's not surprising. Um, but yeah, okay. Sorry, go ahead. It just struck me. I just, I just had a thought. <laughs> but yeah, there's like there's a, there's a lot of explosions in the trailer. There's
0: a lot of screaming. There's a lot of goo. There's uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot of goo. A lot of slime. Uh, Kim Hunter acting in a hospital bed. And- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Big air quotes. Yes. <laughs> it's like
0: it's like here is Academy Award winner Kim Hunter in her final role. <laughs> spitting out random words in a hospital bed.
1: Kim Hunter is phoning this in so hard that I imagine that she's she's phoning it in much like the person who got to use the first cell phone and just <laughs> never stopped using it, dead. Just calling random people. That's the kind of phoning in she's doing here. <laughs> And, of
0: course, Rod Steiger is just Rod Steiger. He didn't know he was in a movie. Yeah, he just came onto the set and was just yelling at all the actors.
1: He just wandered onto the set and said, I'm a scientist. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let these people watch this movie.
0: All righty. So if you want to watch the movie also, um, I mean, I'll have the movie po- – I'll have a um, a link to the movie posted on the Facebook page and our new Twitter page as well. yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter name, I, I love that this was actually available on Twitter. I, I got so got happy. It. Um, our Twitter identity uh is uh, th- these films exist.
1: <laughs> I can't believe you got it. Me I neither. I
0: was it. I was like, oh my god, I got these films exist. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> how did you pull that off?
0: I don't know. I, I I would have thought that somebody already had gotten it, but nope. Um, I claim it, it. Library at Congress, exactly. So I got it. So yeah, you can follow us on uh, Cold Film Fanatics under these films. These films exist, or you can uh, follow us on Facebook, and the link to the movie will be on both sides. But we're going to take a brief pause here, and when we come back. Our reactions to The Kindred. Chud (laughs)
2: 8. It's beginning to look a lot like fishmen Everywhere I go From the minute I got to town and started to look around I thought these ill-bred people's gill slits showed I'm beginning to hear a lot of fishmen right outside my door As I try to escape in fright to the moonlit ends with night I can hear some more They speak with guttural croaks, and to hear them provokes a profound desire to flee. Their eyes never blink, and quite frankly they stink like a carcass washed up from the sea. I wish I'd paid attention to that crazy drunken man. He tried to warn me all about Old Marsh's Deep One clan. It's beginning to look a lot like fishmen. Everywhere I go, they can dynamite devil reef. But that'll bring no relief Your honey play is deeper than they know I'll continue to see a lot of fishmen That I guarantee For the fishman I really fear Is the one who's in the mirror And he looks like me He looks just like me And we're back.
0: God, we are. <laughs> um, so, prefacing, before we discuss this, I haven't seen this movie since I was a child. So, a lot of it I forgot about. Uh, <laughs> and, Andy, this was your first time seeing this, it, this movie.
1: Surprisingly, surprisingly, yes. Because this movie sits so. Hard in my wheelhouse that I'm actually very very shocked that this was my first viewing of this movie that this one somehow fell under my radar.
0: Well it's been long not available think to whoever uploaded their VHS copy of this movie onto uh, YouTube and didn't bother to uh, like do tracking. Honestly, thank, thank you so much because it just added to the experience.
1: All right. I wrote, I wrote Roy as I was watching this movie and I said anybody who buys the restoration of this movie is not doing themselves any favors if they're not watching this with VHS tracking lines <laughs> going up. It added to the charm of the movie. It just really brings you back.
0: It added to the charm of the film, especially during the dark scenes of the movie. You can't – oh, you mean the movie? (laughs) You could tell it was low budget because they're like, let's save on the lighting.
1: (laughs) So my my initial – go ahead and say what you were going to say because you had something you were queued up to say. I don't want to – well, I just
0: like there was like I said, this was the first time I've seen this since I was a kid, and I and I still enjoyed the living hell out of it. But as for it scaring me like it did when I was a kid, it, it doesn't do that anymore. Now I'm just sitting there, just giggling the shit out of myself uh, at this movie. I'm still enjoying it, but polar opposite reaction from what I had as a kid.
1: Thoroughly enjoyable movie. If you have. If you, if, again, if you haven't seen it yet, if you are all of a sudden picking this up and you listen to uh, the uh, very interesting song that we played in between <laughs> the, the first half and the second half, go stop now, right now, because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Stop what you're doing, go on YouTube, spend the 90 minutes of well worth it time to watch <laughs> this thing.
0: The link is up. The link is up on both our Twitter and our uh, Facebook page. If you're too lazy to look up the kindred on YouTube, um, it's very easy to find. Yes, because um, wow. And by the way, that song that was playing in between uh, is from the Lovecraftian Society, uh, which I just stumbled upon while editing this episode, um, and they take Christmas carols and turn them into. Lovecraft songs and while you're at YouTube look them up too because their stuff is amazing and it's beginning to look a lot like Fishman is very appropriate for this movie because there's a lot of fishy compounds in this film all right all right Roy (laughs) Let's get into this wet ass movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to describe this movie. If somebody asks, how, what, what, so what exactly? How is this horror film? I'll say wet because there's a a moist movie. (laughs) It's a very moist movie.
1: It's a lot of water. There there was one day in the. I I think it probably takes place over about ten or eleven days. Maybe (laughs) there's one day in those ten or eleven days where I could say. This was not moist. The rest was just, in some way, shape, or form, a moist ass movie.
0: <laughs> if, if I mean, if they weren't in water, they were around water, or the characters were covered in water, or the creature was gooey
1: or dewy, or <laughs> just, and it was raining constantly. Yes. Um, just it's constantly damp. Yes. This movie is damp as hell. <laughs>
0: And I'm sure Rod Steiger was Dewey in his shorts. I mean, oh, you
1: mean the white Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. <laughs> Every line was delivered So when I, so about 12 years ago, I had a cat, and this cat was extremely fat, and there was a bug on this wall in my house. And the cat ate through the wall to try to get the bug. Like, literally (laughs) ate through the wall. And that is the best analogy I can give you to Rod Steiger's performance (laughs) in this movie. Is a cat eating through a wall. (laughs) Yeah, because he's
0: only got two emotion ranges in this movie. I'm fat and tired,
1: or... God damn it! (laughs) Well, it's not even... It's not even god damn it. It's just everything, like, is up a a notch. Like... I everything's will say turned this to about 11. Everybody in this movie is they took the script that they were given and they owned the hell out of it. They made it theirs. Yes, they no did. No question. Even
0: even Kim Hunter, I, or, um, in, in her brief scenes that she's in, her heart attack scene, which is right. m- one of the worst heart attack scenes I've seen in cinema history. Where well, you couldn't even tell she's having a heart attack. I was like, does she have irritable bowel syndrome? What's going on with her? And then
1: she flatlines. I went, oh, that was supposed to be a heart attack. Okay. Well, the thing was, her her, her heart attack was so un- underplayed, but her reaction shots to everything else were so over the top. Just like uh, Donald Sutherland and Body Snatchers level over the top. Yes. Like... <sighs> Everything goes Aah. and then she had a heart attack and just peacefully passed. Like and Rod Steiger's in the room, he's like, Do not touch the button, and she's like, Okay. And then just dies. Like, <laughs> Where's your fight now, Kim Hunter? <laughs> no, but thematically, it was very, very Lovecraft thematically, in in the sense that, you know, that whole half that, that whole opening half hour where Kim Hunter's doing research, and and her instructions are, you know, don't open Pandora's box, destroy, destroy it, don't touch it, and whether they're destroying it or not, takes days. Like she doesn't walk in and say, "Mom wants me to destroy this shit. It was her final wish." All right, put it on the fire. Like, no. Everything's done. It was like, well, let's oh, just uh, look. She turned my old childhood bedroom into a lab. Let's take a look at it. Yeah, for three days. <laughs> while, this, while this woman we just picked up hangs out with us. Oh,
0: man, <laughs> and okay. don't and don't forget the woman who bought the watermelon for her parents' anniversary because nothing says happy anniversary like watermelon.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, the, the cast of characters confused me. Okay? No, I said just, eat the cantaloupe, not the watermelon.
0: that's for my parents' wedding anniversary. Like that became feel, a drinking game at one point in the movie. Every time she mentioned that,
1: I I feel like there's a director's cut somewhere <laughs> that fills some of the gaps. I feel like this is this is Batman v Superman from 1987, and there's there's a, a, a Zack Snyder cut where you're like, oh oh, now it makes sense instead of like whatever happened, like the three. The, the, post, the, the post-doctorate the jealous guy. Then, who was jealous? I don't know why. Um, <laughs> the two lab assistants. Um, uh, Amanda Pace shows up out of nowhere like, I'm such a fan of your mom's work. I'm going to hang out here for 10 days straight. And but first then, I'm going to hang well, out no at the funeral. <laughs> no credentials. No way to prove. And then... Uh, and, and then uh, David Alan Brooks's character and his girlfriend who disappears for three-fourths of the movie because she's writing a dissertation. <laughs> I'm busy doing the dissertation, and I don't have time to make your fucking tea. It's like, what is happening? Where did these people come
0: from? <laughs> oh, and don't forget, um, I mean, going back to um, in the, the first half hour of the movie, even before we get to the house that they were told to destroy, and they're like, in the house, we get Rod Steiger's secret vault. Oh, God, yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) Which is straight out of, like, a deleted scene from one of the reanimator movies. It really is. It
1: it absolutely is. Yes.
0: (laughs) Describe to our listeners what is inside the vault of Rod Steiger here, Mr.
1: Farmer. So in in the first ten minutes, right? What we get is this kind of body snatcher scenario that's happening with this ambulance driver, and the guy who punches him in the face that we really never see again, like the the, the guy who works for uh, Rod Steiger, yes, who who's snatching up bodies and bringing them to the secret vault. Um, but my the worst part about that whole s- scenario, and this is this this says it all. This is all the explanation I need. Is the, and I I sh- I, I could I could exaggerate, but I don't need to because it literally had to be two minutes, a hundred and twenty seconds. I'm not kidding. Of the most god awful cat screech. <laughs> On a loop from these from these fish experiments they're doing on this poor cat, apparently.
2: And it's just like
1: in a single tone for like two minutes, and I'm just like, what is happening here? This is not okay. But yeah, he's doing, he's doing reanimator experiments on dead bodies, like pumping them full of weird, uh, what is it that, oh God, I wish I had Some sort it of,
0: I wish I would have too, some sort of chemical compound that's found in fish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That apparently everybody's all up in, in this world that they live in. This It was an industrial espionage movie <laughs> at the end is what it was. It and was and uh, apparently
0: they keep concentrated powder form of it around so that way they could smuggle it in aspirin bottles
1: it was the it was it was uh ben affleck's uh, paycheck movie but with ben affleck's twin brothers that keep in the basement for obvious reasons um, that's what this is it's it was it was an industrial espionage movie is what it was but apparently rod Steiger's running some kind of criminal like massive criminal organization out of a secret dungeon lab um all right i got to do it I'm getting into it, Roy. you getting into it. I got to. Okay. I got to get into Amanda Pace. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, she took me on a journey. She (laughs) took me on an emotional journey. She took everybody on a journey in this movie. (laughs) That went from, that went from my head to my heart to my wiener. And (laughs) I just, I was happy, but also disappointed. Um, so there's a big twist, which I don't care. You've watched the movie, and if you haven't, that's on you. Um, there's a big twist where she she's secretly working with Rod Steiger and his voice. Um,
0: but explain to, why she's working with Rod Steiger and his voice.
1: Because she touched a fish compound, and apparently, again, there has to be a director's cut somewhere that explains this shit. Because there's this whole setup, right? She goes into this house under the pretense of being, like you said in the in the first half of the show, she goes into this house under the pretense of being a scientific fangirl of uh, Kim Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was, her, that was her pretense for going in. I really want to see this research. I'm super into it. I've read everything she's done. I want to see what's going on. So she goes in. Um, she's in there, and she starts to... Uh, like, like seduce David Allen Brooks. Like, over this time period, David Allen Brooks' girlfriend gets really upset because she's in the house, but he's trying to seduce, and I'm like, all right, I'm into this. Sedu- <laughs> seduce him, Amanda Pays. I can I can put myself into David Allen Brooks' shoes. You seduce him. You do it. He so wanted nothing this, to
0: do with it, though.
1: <laughs> well, then there's this really weird scene in this parlor where... <laughs> David Allen Brooks is very upset because he just had a fight with his girlfriend, which, by the way, David Allen Brooks kind of a dick. Kind of uh, kind of got a little toxic masculinity running through his face. Oh, you
0: think? <laughs> he just had this fight
1: with his girlfriend, Is like, I'm leaving. And just walks out, like, no try to figure it out, no understanding. And he's sitting on this god awful couch in this parlor. <laughs> and here comes Amanda Pays. Amanda Pays comes in and goes, you know, uh, I, I've got this bottle of champagne that I had. This first of all, where did she get it? <laughs> she get it the same <laughs> place where they it. got
0: the magical coffee and
1: tea from. <laughs> I guess. I mean I'd imagine the house has some coffee and tea. What I wouldn't imagine is that she just carries a bottle of like champagne with her everywhere in case she has a celeb in case she needs a celebration. I mean I should start doing that. Uh, <laughs> It's so Thursday, it and out. I
0: didn't fart today.
1: Here, champagne. Right. right. I didn't turn into a fish person today. Um, oh, too late. Um, so, so she pours the champagne for, for uh, David Allen Brooks's character, and they're drinking, and, and she starts to seduce him, and she's like, well, maybe it could be more. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and he's like, we can't do this. And I'm like, you know what? Kiss my ass, David Allen Brooks. You're a dick. I, I I was hoping that this is where I was gonna see amanda pay his boobies and it didn't happen nope. my 10 year old or 14 year old uh libido was like screaming do it but it didn't happen but she says these words to him or uh, something a reasonable facsimile of okay we can just be friends but I still might come into your bedroom tonight. And he says, "Well, what's her name is a, a light sleeper," and that's where the scene cuts off. The next scene is her going into his bedroom. And I'm like, "Oh shit, here we go. This is gonna get weird. This is gonna get real." Because at this point, I still thought, "Okay, she's just a psychopath." At this point, like, just, she 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 wants the D. Yeah, she's like a weird black widow groupie of this guy. She wants that. She wants that sweet. Uh, she was that sweet, flowing uh, Heather Locklear hair D that he was rocking. <laughs> I'm sure he just had this mane of, of golden pubic hair just waiting. Um, but the, the burning bush. Yeah, right. But she steals his keys. This, is, this, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. She's working for Rod Steiger and also Rod Steiger's voice. And I was heartbroken by, by that, to be honest and then we find out why is
0: because she is infected with this fish compound a high apparently a high concentrated level of this fish compound which where, where she has to take a
1: drug that's
0: never mentioned what never. the drug is
1: or we are an hour into this movie <laughs> at least we
0: we have no idea what this drug is supposed to do we just know that she needs more of it or else she's in trouble and when the truth comes out about her character she gets attacked
1: by this creature. and Oh, hold on. Can I can I rewind a quick second? Sure. To my favorite scene in the entire movie. Is it the car scene? It is not the car scene. We'll have to touch my on favorite the car scene, scene in though, the entire movie just, is she wow. discovers the secret laboratory of Kim Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite line in it is when she's talking to Rod Steiger and says, well, I guess he never thought to check the basement for any of it. <laughs> How stupid is he? Number one. So she finds the she finds the secret lab, and in the secret lab there are these um um essentially like uh, like petri jars, and they have these like alien uh fishman fetuses in them.
0: Yeah. With arms just, like, and tentacles. Just tons of <clears> them.
1: <throat> And she opens one and the alien fish fetus man comes out and is like, ah, ghoulies out of the toilet. Pretty and much, yes. And it's and so this thing is probably eight inches tall. Okay? This thing is probably eight inches tall. That's if, not including that.
0: the tent that's not even including the tentacles, because they're still inside the jar.
1: Yeah, but I mean just the thing. And it takes her, again, 120 seconds to put the lid back on the jar. (laughs) It is the longest 120 seconds of my life watching her struggle to put a lid back on a jar. Meanwhile, this little thing is going... "Eh! Eh! And, like, reaching for, like... "Eh! Eh!" (laughs) And it sounds like the cat from the first scene. And she's just putting this lid on this jar. Ugh. Uh, 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 really just selling it, just selling the crap out of it. And then chopped its arm off.
2: And it chopped its
1: arm off. But that two minutes, I'm glad I can't get back. I'm <laughs> I'm happy that I lost that two minutes of this movie. It was fantastic. All right, so go back to what you were saying. I um, concentrate of this fish chemical.
0: So we find out that this creature is... a Apparently... Anthony? An- yeah. Yep. Anthony? Anthony. Which is our lead actor's clone brother thing. And apparently, we have to decipher that apparently Kim Hunter was trying to create a race of people that are half man, half fish, (coughs) and um, used her son's DNA to create this race. Uh, One of them got a little too big, Anthony. Anthony. And, um, Anthony. yeah, Anthony got a little too big and breaks loose. Uh, there's this great scene where, um, the, uh, he's attacking this girl, the, the girl with the watermelon inside a car. Uh, he hides in the watermelon, by the way. And he does hide in the watermelon. He <laughs> hides in the watermelon and it breaks out and attacks her and you see the tentacle go up her nose. And I mean, it's a great practical makeup effect actually of the tentacle crawling through her skin. I will admit today that still looks good. Um, but he, he kills her that way and somehow gets back to the house. We, we don't know Wait, how. He can drive.
1: Obviously he can drive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so uh, Amanda Pays gets attacked. After, after revealing as much as we can decipher of the truth about her character, she gets attacked by Anthony. And apparently this attack by Anthony accelerates whatever it is she's infected with. And she starts transforming into a fish person in front of them, and like her stomach gets gills, her neck gets gills, her ears suck into her head. That was
1: a really, it was a really (laughs) cool transformation, though. Yeah, practical
0: transformation. They did a really good job. And she's choking to death because she's not near water. And at the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, "There's a bathtub right next to you." Put her in the bathtub with water so she could fucking breathe. (laughs) But but no, they're just like,
2: oh, my God, uh,"
1: the whole time. Yeah, they just kind of like sit there like, "Uh," which kind of would be what I would do. It's but like, what the hell? But she's is in the bathroom, right there's now. a
0: bathtub there, and I'm thinking, you know, it, 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 water, put her in the water. She's growing gills, put her in the water. But no, they let her die. Um, they so. do.
1: They let her die. Yes.
0: <laughs> and then prior to that, but, but, but prior to that, there was also another attack that the guy survived of Anthony, where they discovered about the fish compound, and she was trying to pass it off as a dog attack.
1: Oh my god,
0: um, yes. To which they said, well, maybe it was a coyote, which is yeah. a dog. Which and is a dog. Which is a dog. <laughs> and then That's they're talking wild. about the high-level fish compound and the guy who's trying to quit smoking, uh, which goes nowhere in this movie. Um, <laughs> just,
1: yeah, they, that would they just <laughs> dropped. they wrote a lot of drops. They, 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 Tommy, was um, so that to- plot they line. They Jealous Guy. They, they dropped Smoking <laughs> Guy. They dropped... Um, they really dropped anything about the dissertation. It yeah. was gone after that bite. Oh, like, yeah.
0: But it's, it's like the, the guy who quit smoking after he found out that there was like a high level of this fish compound inside the bite mark was like, well, maybe the dog ate fish. <laughs> <laughs> to, to which I'm just like, sure. we'll go. Sure, Jan, we'll go with that.
1: Okay, so let's get to the climax of this damn thing, right? Oh, you mean Amanda Pace is a fish woman? Anthony's just running rampant somewhere in the house, just chemicals flying everywhere, destroying
0: the floor and sending everybody into, I guess, the bog of eternal stench.
1: Well, who knew there was a bog of eternal stench in the basement? But but I I wrote you that we needed to make sure that we mentioned Cronenberg in this because a lot of that, like the. The alien or the alien. I keep wanting to call it an alien. The, uh, the, the fish boy, the Anthony attack in the car was very Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, that was very, very, uh, uh, you know, Cronenberg has a thing for like, uh, real kind of sexual, um, overtones. Everything's kind of a lot of body horror. yeah, organic. And this movie really had that wet, organic gross feel you know what I got another adjective that I could use ask me ask me Roy how ask me how this movie was like what how was it how would you describe this movie how was it uh I think I'm gonna i I, I think it probably best describes it if I refer to it as ropey <laughs> <laughs> ropey viscous very ropey. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's
0: definitely a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot of viscous. <laughs> uh,
1: ropey. But yeah, okay, go back to the bog of eternal turtle stench. So
0: yeah, they fall into this pit of, and we don't even know if it's water or what, because there's, I'm assuming it's feces, because there's this black shit that's like clinging to their skin when they fall in the water. So I'm just assuming that they fell into Anthony's toilet. and, <laughs> and, and You know, Anthony goes on this attack, and this one girl, um, she disappears, and we're left to assume that she dies, but no, it turns out she miraculously survived. How? We don't know, but she survives. Right. And then there's the final confrontation between Anthony and Rod Steiger and the main guy, and they're all fighting, and they realize that, you know, how they had to destroy the other Anthony experiments prior was electricity. So they're like, OK, well, we need to electrocute Anthony so that way we can destroy all the evidence. Doesn't the sheriff show up apropos of nothing? I think so. Because who know Because why not? Yeah, <laughs> apropos of nothing. I'm pretty sure the sheriff just
1: shows up.
0: Well, oh, just, oh, because they're chasing the guy that escaped the hospital that got attacked by the coyote fish thing.
1: Right, the guy that needed to warn them of something entirely too late.
0: Yes, yeah. Was, yeah so so yeah, yeah, that's why the sheriff arrived. He was chasing the guy because he escaped the hospital.
1: But again, apropos of nothing, for but nothing the sheriff yeah. shows up. It does nothing for the story.
0: So the the fight ensues. They, they managed to electrocute Anthony. And Anthony starts transforming into human form in front of
1: them while this is going on. Yeah, explain that to me. Like, <laughs> do you need to run electricity through them? Did they did they crack the code while they were killing Anthony? I they probably
0: cracked the code while he was spewing out what I can only say was viscous semen all over the place. Yes. Roping. <laughs> I was just covering Rod Steiger in it, who's standing there. And, I mean, this was some fine acting from Rod Steiger when he's getting sprayed on by this liquid. He's just standing there and just going, ah, the whole time with his mouth (laughs) wide open like some sort of a bad Muppet. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, (laughs) absolutely just, oh, no. (laughs) And he just lets Anthony, or like the melting corpse of Anthony, because he starts doing the Wicked Witch of the West, drag him down into the toilet water stuff, and dies with Anthony. And so we think that's the we think that's it. We think okay, the final well, battle's done, over with. One now thing they can that destroy I
1: the house. Absolutely loved about that scene. Right, the, the climax is that everybody had a part to play. Yes. So somebody had to start the generator because this whole thing was run on this generator, and that was a big thing in the movie for no reason. <laughs> and it, everybody needed... I guess they had to run this generator story up to this last climax in order to build the suspense because the generator wouldn't start, but they put... Um, they put Jealous X Smoker um, on the generator along with, uh, along with Coyote Bite. So they were at the generator... <laughs> And he had a fuse, and he drops the fuse, right? Yeah. And he's like, I need something to complete the circuit. And the guy, like, pulls out a corner or something and hands it to him. Yes. But that was a total of 10 seconds. Like, there was absolutely no suspense built there. Like, they weren't going to be able to electrocute Anthony Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: that it all hinged on this generator starting so that they could run the electricity to Anthony. But they solved it in, like, Ten seconds. Yeah, it wasn't like thirty seconds of trying and Anthony's getting closer, and then all of a sudden they fix it and Anthony fries. It was like ten. Oh, I dropped this. Well, here's this. Let's try it. It works. No, like, where the tension
0: tense. building happened was the was the the war the war of words between Rod Steiger and David Allen Brooks, which is ends with David Allen Brooks going throw the switch.
1: And- <laughs> you need this. You made this. Everything. <laughs> 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 Richard sure Rod Steiger at that point was a fish man. He wasn't <laughs>
0: acting anymore. So it's the next day after that happens. The sun is shining. Everybody's calm and blah blah blah. And we think, okay, now they can destroy the house. Uh, the cigarette guy goes down into the basement to get everything starting to dismantle. Where he suddenly sees that giant Anthony has multiplied into little baby Anthonys. Which makes right. us go, oh, shit, Anthony can reproduce asexually. Because
1: he's a weird fish guy. Yeah, it's,
0: it's Jurassic Park. I found <laughs> a way. So then they realize, okay, we need to get this done really fast. Meanwhile, you know, the, the, all the creatures in the glass jars are starting to pop out and say, hey, we want to join in, too. <laughs> That's right. So they 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 manage to get the house started on fire and they leave while we see the shot of what you could tell were just like these little things that were designed to look like baby versions of Anthony on a stick hopping up and down just trying hey, to get hey, out hey, the hey. window. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony pops just yes. bouncing in the window. <laughs> and I mean, there, there, there's no potential setup for a sequel or anything. It just ends and
1: that was the sequel (laughs) the movie ended in a hobbit like fashion after the climax of anthony getting destroyed and then they gave us a 10 minute sequel because i'm watching it you know in the time i'm watching the timestamp and i'm like there's still 10 minutes of this (laughs) what are they gonna do like they everything's wrapped up now like anthony's dead rod steiger dead Amanda Pays dead. All the bad guys are dead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, unless they spend 10 minutes just destroying the work, like, what are they? And then it's like, oh, <laughs> Kindred Part 2, the 10-minute sequel. <laughs> oh, and,
0: and before we wrap it up, let's not forget the lullaby.
1: Oh, God. That was another thing that it hinged on. That's right. It hinged on the lullaby and the generator for the electricity. That was yes.
0: yeah. The, the generator that was running on gas, um, and they were getting low on gas, and no, no, and no one knows where the gas was coming from. No. no. And um, apparently, Kim Hunter used to do this lullaby to calm um, Anthony down, and it was just this random series of notes. That didn't sound like any discernible song whatsoever, but apparently it was the same thing every time. <laughs> it was perfect,
1: the same thing every single time.
0: <laughs> and apparently, this was the only thing that would soothe the savage beast. And that was Anthony. And I, I don't know about you, but when they were playing that tape, and when they heard Anthony screaming on the tape, and then the yes. lullaby plays. Uh, my reaction would not have been, oh, well, that's peculiar. You're right. <laughs> I would have left
1: at that point. I would have said, fuck this shit. I'm out. Bye. Speaking of, by the way, so the giant climax happens, like we have described, in de- in ropey detail. <laughs> and then the next day happens. So my question for you is, did everyone sleep there? <laughs> Anthony's dead. Let's sleep in his goo. (laughs) Let's just go upstairs and go to sleep in the house that Anthony just died in. (laughs) No! Because you know it smells
0: rank in there. Because, I mean, dead fish smells horrible already. Who knows what dead fish combined with human flesh that's been melted down into goo and mixed with the dead carcass of Rod Steiger would smell like in there, complete with the toilet water that's underneath the kitchen floor.
1: So my question is, why didn't... So so here's the part that really confounds me, right? Is that this all ends, and everybody looks at each other and says, so the cops are there, right? Mm-hmm. The guy escapes from the hospital. All this shit's happened. And everybody looks at each other and goes, let's take a beat. Uh, six, seven hours. Anybody want to crash? All right. We'll handle <laughs> the rest of the morning. Yeah, I know all we really have to do is just kind of uh, set a match. We've got a generator that apparently has an unlimited amount of gas, but only when it's really low. We can just blow this place up right damn now and be done with it. But let's all just go Let let's all go take a siesta yeah. and just reconnoiter in the morning. And that sounds like a good idea. No. Bad idea. <laughs> bad idea god this movie is fantastic
0: yeah i would definitely highly recommend it i mean it's not like i said it didn't scare me this time like it did as a kid it it, it it's it's aged into a very fine example of extreme over the top low budget 80s horror Oh and, yeah. And, and and I'm glad that Synapse is doing something with it because it definitely deserves to be seen by a new generation. Just so they can when they hear stuff about how movies in the eighties used to be when it comes to horror, this is a prime example of of oh, it yeah. right here. So um but yeah, I'm glad that I got to share this movie with you because when when I thought about it. I was just like, Oh God, I please tell me he's not seen this because I can't wait to hear his reaction to the stuff I remember from the film.
1: So, well, the juxtaposition against liquid sky was pretty great. Like, like I said, I had to force myself through liquid sky. It was a, it was a journey that I'm glad it was like, it was like a, it was like a, a a, a 5k. (laughs) I had to, I had to force myself to watch it. I'm glad I did. You know, it's an experience that I want. Uh-huh. But, um, I I wanted that experience and I got it. This movie, I could, I just couldn't stop watching it. Like, I this is my, like that is my genre and I absolutely <laughs> love it. So thank you for putting that in front of me.
0: You got it. You're probably going to hate me with the next movie then. Um, Damn it! You
1: can't keep doing this.
0: So. We're going in a total opposite direction from Liquid Sky and The Kindred. Um, We're going all the way to the year 1938 for our next movie. What? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to the 30s. Uh, The good news is is this movie that we're going to cover next is only an hour and two minutes long. Oh, all right. Uh, But it's going to be one of the longest hours and two (laughs) minutes it's going to be like Manos, the Hands of Fate. One of the longest hours and two minutes you've ever felt in your entire life.
1: All right, I'm, I'm girding my loins. And I'm, I'm ready. And to it.
0: and to answer everybody right now, that's screaming reefer madness. No, it is not reefer madness
1: because I've seen reefer madness. And a that's a little, times. that's a
0: little more mainstream. And we don't want to really get into mainstream cult films now. I want to get into some of the ones that have went under the radar. So that's why I've decided that for our third film we're going to go with the 1938 cult western. Oh shit. The Terror of Tiny Town. No. All right. I in. yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> A brief uh, have you seen have you seen The Terror of Tiny I have Town? Not yet? seen it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So before we like I mean, the next episode we'll talk more into it, but just a little brief little capsule synopsis of The Terror of Tiny Town. The entire cast, the reason why it's called The Terror of Tiny Town is because the entire cast consists of the Munchkins from The Wizard of Oz. You you
1: know this is going to be hard for me. (laughs) You know this is going to be very, very, very difficult for me, right? (laughs) You know why, right? Like you got this. Like you understand
0: it. <laughs> yes. So the entire cast is uh, the, the they're they're they're, they're singer they again this is not a politically correct term to use. I understand but this was their name back in the 30s. They were a performing troupe known as the Singers Midgets who played the Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz that was released in 1939. <sighs> So, uh, this movie came out the year before that. However, it kind of gained notoriety on television because of the fact that it starred them and other stuff that happens in the movie, which I'm not going to go into yet because I don't want to spoil it. My
1: butt is so puckered right now.
0: Uh, well, I will share one thing because because they're little people. The horses that they ride and the big giant horse scenes are Shetland ponies. Mm. <laughs> oh, and did I mention it's also considered a musical? So it's a oh my, it's a it's a musical western with a cast of little people oh. in a town called Tiny Town.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't with this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that
0: that will be the third movie that we cover on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, you can find us on Facebook under uh, uh, Cult uh, cult Cinema Catacombs. Um, You can also find us now on Twitter under These Films Exist. Um, You can probably see why we went with that now, (laughs) some of these titles. (laughs) Um again if you have any questions, um you can message us through the Twitter account or you can yes. e- or you can email us at Colcinema Catacombs at Outlook.com if you if we receive your email, of course we'll read it on the air. Um but uh, yeah, um I can't wait to discuss the terror of Tiny Town with you because I'm sure you you'll 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 have things that you want to talk about. <laughs>
1: oh okay i need to i'm gonna this is gonna take some work (laughs) but i'm gonna make it happen all right
2: all right i'm good with this all right I'm, i'm okay all right see you next time gang